One of the big ways that Walmart has shifted its approach to e-commerce since Lori's arrival has been it's kind of pulled back and refocused on its own brand and on its stores too. Hi, I'm Daphne Howland. And I'm Ben Unglesby. We're senior reporters with Retail Dive, and this is our podcast where we break down the biggest industry news and trends. And talk about some of the things that don't always make it into our articles. This is The Backroom. Hey, welcome back to another episode of The Back Room. Today we are talking about Walmart and Amazon and two major figures at each of those companies, Mark Laurie and Jeff Bezos, who are leaving their roles. Mark Laurie announces retirement from the company in January. And just a couple of weeks ago, Jeff Bezos announced a CEO transition at Amazon, which he'll take on the chairmanship and pass the baton to the current head of their cloud services, who will head the company as CEO. Daphne, you have written about both companies for years for Retail Dive. Why don't you kind of give us a uh, just your early take on what this means and maybe give us a little bit of the, the history of Lori and Amazon because they, they're related in, in some ways, right? Yeah, well, they definitely intertwined at one point. Bezos founded Amazon, what is it at this point, 26 years ago, maybe even a bit more than that. Started off as a bookseller and now has evolved into the everything store. And it's not an exaggeration to call Amazon the everything store because I think you really can probably buy at anything except maybe a house on Amazon. It's coming. It'll, yeah, I'm sure it's, I'm sure I'm it's sure coming. It's coming. I mean, Sears sold houses at one point, Amazon will sell houses. At the very least, I, I have a feeling you can probably connect with a realtor on Amazon somehow. I don't know. In the meantime, though, as Amazon needed network space and develop the cloud service for their internal use, and someone over there basically said, this is worth selling to outside parties. This is worth becoming a product on its own. And the rest is history because it's been AWS that has been the real moneymaker over there and, and has helped really fuel that innovation engine that is essentially what Amazon really is, more than a retailer. So I think it's A, telling that Jeff Bezos tapped the head of AWS to take over for him as CEO, as opposed to anyone on the retail side. In the meantime, Mark Laurie, who jumped to Walmart when Walmart bought Jet, and Jet was Mark Laurie's second go, probably more than his second go, but the second high-profile go at e-commerce, his first one was acquired by Amazon. Mark Laurie, they had these great URLs like diapers.com, and they sell, there were these consumer product websites aimed at the discount customer, Amazon bought up Quidzy, bought up all the URLs, essentially let them languish, but hired Mark Laurie. Later, Mark Laurie jumped to Walmart. And right when he did that, which a lot of people, I asked around when Mark Laurie went over to Walmart, a lot of people wondered if Jeff Bezos at that moment closed down Quidzy and all its URLs just to sort of needle Mark Laurie a little bit. 
But as you said, Walmart brought on Mark Lorry to head its e-commerce operations because Walmart acquired Jet, which was Lori's second go-round after leaving Amazon. He launched Jet.com. Again, it was supposed to sort of undercut Amazon. No need for a membership. Lowest prices on the web. Walmart bought Jet, took on Mark Lorry. Eventually, Walmart shut down Jet, and now Mark Lorry's leaving. It's kind of I, I'm interested to know what these guys are going to do next. I mean, I think Jeff Bezos, he's going to be sitting on the board at Amazon. So it's not like the new guy gets a free ride. He's got, I think he's got Jeff maybe looking over his shoulder. And it'll be interesting to see what Mark Laurie does next. But if Jeff Laurie's exit was supposed to indicate that Walmart was, you know, sort of going to downshift a little bit again on e-commerce or tech, it really does not seem like that's what's going on because there's all kinds of fintech, venture capital, e-commerce subscriptions, and home delivery membership coming from Walmart that feels very Amazon-ish. Yeah. It's been very hard to see all along, we're exact. In some places, it's been fairly obvious. You know, we're exactly like Mark Lorre's imprint on Walmart's e-commerce operations have been, and what is driven by sort of the rank and file Bentonville Walmart execs. Because I mean, there's been there's been a fair amount of reporting that Mark Lorre he was pushing things that Walmart wasn't. You know, it wasn't built for. You know, they they weren't built to be a money burning tech company. You know, their entire history, they had been incredibly disciplined operators and spenders and very used to making a profit. You know, I, Bloomberg and others have reported on some of the internal tension at, at Walmart between Lori and, and other Walmart executives over spending. And, and you can see some things that were probably, I can imagine, Mark Lori pet projects, you know, uh, the jet black. And some of their more out there tech projects, you know, like related to, to Store Ape. But at the same time, I mean, Walmart has their e-commerce operations, as you said, is they've just exploded, and they are doing all all these new kinds of things. And you can see they're still pushing them, even with Lori sort of stepping aside. So it's interesting. I mean, I wish I had a better sense of what the engine, you know, what all the different pistons in Walmart's e-commerce engine have been doing over the past couple of years and where it's headed now. It'll be interesting to watch. Well, you know, Walmart is peak old retail in the sense that Walmart perfected what we think of as commodity retail, which is I need groceries. I have a list. I drive to the store. I do all the work of finding the items, putting them up in my cart, bringing them to the checkout and driving them home. All that work is done by the customer. That was all dismantled by e-commerce. I don't know. It kind of comes down to the question of, is Walmart going to just own the piece of old retail that will theoretically always exist? Just that part that is so efficient for the retailer. I mean, now we have parts of the country where there are more people working in Whole Foods and Walmart who are shopping for their customers for the purpose of home delivery than customers of the store themselves. And I'm hearing 
stories of like cutthroat, they're called pickers, cutthroat pickers, like fighting customers for the best avocado. And it's just not a good brand position to to sort of like have Whole Foods or Walmart beating up their customers for the sake of the, you know, e-commerce customers, essentially. And yet the other side of that is that is not what Walmart was designed to do. Have other people shop for you and and do all those things. You give them the list. That's the one thing the customer seems to do is come up with the list. Everything else is done by Walmart. It goes completely against what Walmart is as an efficient retailer. I mean, that's why they're huge and that's why they're rich is because they squeezed profit out of that old retail system. It's interesting that you that you point to grocery because that, that's been one of the main drivers of Walmart's e-commerce business and, and one of the areas where it can really be a leader because it has the store base that Amazon doesn't have. It's also kind of nagged them because it, grocery is a low margin business even in stores and Walmart all along with with all of this, you know, 30%, 40%. I mean, last year it, it it's like 50, 60, 70%, whatever growth in their e-commerce sales that entire time searching for profit. It's an area where they can get the upper hand on grocery delivery, but if it's not going to be a profitable business for them, where, where does that leave them? That's so much ground to cover to pay someone to pick the groceries. And, you know, I guess eventually robots could do some of it, but it's just just so inefficient. Amazon started it, really. I mean, everyone's followed suit and is buying into the idea that convenience equals not leaving the house to pick up even your groceries. Although you're right, Walmart has been pretty successful at getting, and, and Target too, getting people to at least go to the store to pick stuff up because that has got to be one of the most expensive miles is that last one. One of the big ways that Walmart has shifted its approach to e-commerce since Lori's arrival has been it's kind of pulled back and refocused on its own brand and on its stores too, and leaning on store pickup where it can. When they first acquired Jet, I mean, it kind of looked like Jet would be sort of a, a centerpiece, a way that Walmart could reach urban shoppers, younger shoppers, higher income shoppers. And they started buying up all these sort of trendy online native brands and bolting them onto Jet like Bonobos and uh, what, uh, help me out, what was the vintage one? Mod, Mod, Mod Cloth. Cloth. Yeah. Uh, Moose Jaw, which um, is a really fun brand, actually like an outdoor brand. I think they still own Moose Jaw and they still yeah. own Bonobos. But some but some they've sold. They sold Mod Cloth yeah. and, and they've mm -hmm. unloaded others, at, you know, just a couple of years after acquiring them. And we don't, we don't know what, if anything, you know, lasting that they got. I mean, it is possible that they learned competencies or got technology or or something out of those acquisitions but it, it from the outside looking in it sure looks a lot like they had a strategy based around jet and to bolt all these things onto jet to make it you know more appealing to younger higher income shoppers who are you know different from Walmart's core core shopper and then pivoted and <laughs> pivoted away from jet started pulling resources away from jet and ultimately shut it down last year. 
all of that happened under Lori's watch. I have to say, Jet was always a head scratcher to me because they were so focused on New York and that purple Jet logo was plastered all over the buses. You'd see a few Jet boxes, but so many New Yorkers were sort of like, oh, that's what that purple, you know, sign is. I think they must have spent tons of money on New York and then the Jet Black experiment where it was a membership, I guess, kind of high end. It was like a shop by text membership. And and that targeted like even among upper income families, I think really the higher echelons of income. The interesting thing about that whole experiment, and maybe someone over there finally realized it, is to really reach younger consumers, they didn't really have to ignore the Walmart brand, I don't think, because just anecdotally, at least in my household, the brand agnosticism in my home is so strong. I I just don't think kids Except for the fact that, you know, there is some concern around whenever there's stories about some of the warehouse abuses that you hear about at Amazon and elsewhere, any kind of labor issue or anything that paints one of the giant retailers uh, in a bad light, my kids might get concerned with. But as far as the brand, they don't care if they get something at Walmart or wherever. You know, it's in a way, I just wonder if it was a failure to recognize, of course, Gen Z was pretty young when this all started, but the resources that went to get Jet to a place where people would recognize it, it just, just never, it just never happened. I suppose behind the scenes, Walmart might've picked up plenty of expertise in the meantime, that's useful to them, but. Yeah, I mean, what was your sense when, when that, because that, that acquisition happened before I started covering national retail. What was your sense when it happened? Was it, was it here is a, here is a company, here is an operator, here is a brand that Walmart really wants? Or was it, or was it an acquisition hire? I will not use the term aqua hire, <laughs> but was it like an acquisition hire to get Mark Laurie and some of the other, some of that other expertise that was at Jet, some of that e-commerce expertise? I have to think in those early days that the fact that Mark Laurie had developed an e-commerce operation that grew attractive enough for Amazon to acquire it and then for Amazon to hire him, that must have been kind of two shiny objects on his resume for people looking at him from Walmart's point of view. And Walmart's e-commerce back then was very much undeveloped at that point. And they and they were very much chasing Amazon. I mean, that was right around when everybody just started to become sort of terrified of, of Amazon. <laughs> Walmart had kind of middling sales in the middle of the last decade. So did Target. And a lot of other traditional retailers started struggling while, while Amazon was exploding. I mean, I, I first started at Retail Dive in mid-2017. And I mean, Amazon couldn't burp in the morning without creating ripples in the stock market. You couldn't talk to an analyst who wouldn't say, if you want to compete against Amazon, you have to do X, Y, Z. They were setting the rules for, for everybody. And if, if, they, if they entered your market, I mean, your stock would, would tank. <laughs> and, and Amazon was almost all that anybody could talk about all the time. And I have to say, I think that's changed in the last couple of years. I, and I don't know. I think at the time it was... Amazon was a little bit overhyped, but I also think maybe there's been some other fundamental shifts. I mean, Walmart has 
pulled off a, a pretty substantial turnaround. I mean, it was never it was never in trouble financially, but it turned around its its sales numbers and it got it kind of got its groove back. Target, same same with a lot of other traditional retailers. I don't know if uh, you know traditional retailers have kind of found their way or if there's other things at, at play. I wonder if people have finally realized that Amazon isn't particularly a retailer. So while they might be competing with Amazon, Amazon isn't competing with them. So that can be kind of a slippery position to be in. Walmart, I I feel like if Walmart maybe had, Walmart could have easily become Amazon. It seemed like they probably had the, the means to copy Amazon and then have their store advantage. But it always seemed like just from a profit standpoint that if you were going to really compete against Amazon, quote unquote, you would buy or develop a cloud computing unit because that's where the that's where like the muscle, that's where the few the engine is for the, you know, it's really easy to to Jeff Bezos writes his letter to shareholders every year and says it's day one, you know, it's day one at Amazon. It's really easy to encourage your people to stay creative and take chances if you have this money machine kind of pumping out profits very reliably. And you can't do that if you're, I don't know, half of Walmart's business is grocery, you know? It's not like half of Walmart's business is cloud computing. I think maybe retailers have realized that A, Amazon is not competing with them per se. Uh, Amazon is interested in keeping the customer happy and it's a pure convenience play because you you don't really hear Amazon talking about like customer service in the way Nordstrom does or they're not particularly concerned about design the way Target is or you know customer service to Amazon is did it get there in a day or two and if you didn't like it we'll take it back and if you didn't like it and it's too expensive for us to take back just keep it and we'll refund you Their whole thing is keep the customer happy in this pure convenience and we'll just sweeten the pot with a streaming service and all this other stuff. That's not the only way to keep a retail customer happy. I mean, there is a such thing as customer service that has more to do with human interaction in a store. You know, we talked about this Last time, record stores and bookstores where you go in and you actually talk to people about things that matter to you, convenience is not the only pitch available to retailers. And I think some retailers are sort of realizing they can't beat Amazon on convenience. So, okay, what can they beat Amazon on? And even online, there are, I mean, there are advantages in not being an everything store. And especially as Amazon's marketplace kind of takes over more and more bigger and bigger chunk of their sales, that shifts a lot of work over to the consumer who has to, you know, go through pages and pages of items, look at sellers, you look at their reviews, and then you look at the number of reviewers to make sure that that there's enough reviews for the for their total star rating to really matter. And I make this mistake, my wife has to keep reminding me to do things like this on Amazon, you and, and other websites too you know, read the actual reviews, the people who didn't like it, what do they say about it? That's a lot of research. 
because you're getting these products from all kinds of different sellers. Well, uh, uh, the whole point of a retailer is you are a medium between suppliers and the customer, and you're doing a whole lot of curation and vetting. And Amazon, to some degree, is just transferring that work to, to the consumer. Well, in some ways, it's easier if you just have a retailer that you trust who, go, who sorts through their products and suppliers for you. That word trust, I think, is emerging. I feel like I'm hearing that more as a consumer value. And trust can be defined different ways, too. You can trust Amazon to get whatever you ordered to you in 24 to 48 hours. Not so much these days with the kinds of delays that have been happening because of the pandemic and other reasons. But the trust from Amazon tends to come from that convenience play, the speed, the shipping speed, and that kind of thing. Getting a private label from Amazon is such a crapshoot, but getting a private label from other retailers, Target, Walmart, Macy's, Dillard's, you know, they've developed private labels that have their own aesthetic. And you just know that there's a minimum quality level just because it's Target or just because it's Macy's. There might be a maximum quality level too in some cases, but you kind of know what you're getting. And that's where trust comes in. Whereas with Amazon, if if you take a chance on some of these sort of unknown, never be- heard of before brands that even just for something basic like socks or something can end up with something that isn't even worth that bottom line price that you paid for it. And that's a little, that's a little trust destruction, even though maybe you got it in 24 hours. We should return to this topic someday because you can walk into even, you know, any number of, you know, household name stores that everyone goes to and just buy junk. <laughs> but, I mean, it, it happens on Amazon, but it happens everywhere. But Daphne, really quick, what I mean, if you, if you had to give us just sort of your hot take, I mean, what, what do you think is next for Amazon? Like what's, um, and especially with Jeff Bezos changing his, his role in the company, wh- where do you think they're going over the next few years? I mean, it's hilarious that you would ask me that because the, like no one in their right mind answers that question. <laughs> no. Um, <laughs> I know that's why it's fun to ask. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It's the kind of question I asked, but um, it's not the kind of question that I'm going to answer. I think definitely it's going to be interesting to see Amazon maneuver. It's on defense in a lot of different ways right now. There's congressional, not oversight quite yet, but there's noises coming from Congress about looking into- I mean, they're under investigation by the House, by the FTC, by state attorneys general. There you go. So there's Congress and the federal government is keeping an eye on them. You just wrote about the New York AG- sued them. There's a unionization effort. Yep. All kinds of counterfeit complaints, not necessarily, sometimes from brands, um, sometimes from governments overseas who are who have their own watchdogs. Oh, and you know, they just bought this Australian multi-channel services company, which basically indicates that Shopify, which is this company that helps sort of smaller businesses set up their websites and do all the stuff that you need to do to process orders and stuff. If you're not a 
big, huge company. Shopify has this sort of user-friendly plug-and-play set of tools. Amazon actually did was in this business five or six years ago and, and ditched. And the fact that they bought this Australian company and um, seem to have thoroughly taken it over because I tried to get in touch with this Australian company. And when I did, I got a message back from Amazon. So that indicates that they're playing defense in an area where they didn't even think they wanted to be in that type of business at least five years ago. So long way of saying, I think in addition to, I'm sure, continuing to be innovative, I think their next frontier in retail is probably more stores. They're sort of on the back foot a little bit in in a way that they, they're entering, I guess, a mature phase of their company. And so it's not just competitors keeping an eye on them. Now it's competitors, not just in retail, but in other aspects of their business, including, by the way, shipping. There's a startup that a former Amazon guy helped create Amazon Air and then went to work for Walmart. Now he's got a startup, like a shipping logistics startup. There's just a lot for Amazon to contend with. And it'll be interesting to see what kind of innovation is left, really. Maybe it's just perfecting things, perfecting things like voice retail. If they start to actually achieve that one-day shipping promise that they made, I guess you could shorten it up to an hour. I guess in some cities they have done that. Maybe they can like ship something to you before you even order it. (laughs) I mean, whenever you think there's, I mean, this this is the way it's been for me. Whenever I think that there's, you know, tailwinds gathering for Amazon, they just keep posting ballistic growth every quarter after quarter after quarter. But it's been interesting to see some of the things that haven't come to fruition. I mean, it's not launching drones, delivering packages all over the skies yet. When they bought Whole Foods, everyone thought, oh, wow, okay, here Amazon's getting into grocery, Amazon's getting into brick, brick and mortar, like this is it, they're gonna, they're gonna start taking over, you know, those two areas. And that hasn't come to pass. You know, there's been so many things, you know, so many things that they've tried out, you know, meal kits, uh, apparel box services that haven't sort of taken over the market yet. But at the same time, they just keep growing and getting stronger as, as a company. Well, it's interesting. I think, um, I don't know what it was like for their last quarter. And I don't know if you remember this detail from it, but I think a lot of their growth is actually overseas. So that eventually will plateau, but they have a lot, you know, there's a lot of white space there, I think, as long as they can get their permissions and, and everything, because I think a lot of countries are keep their eye on Amazon and what kind of effect they might have on their local retail. But yeah, certainly during the pandemic, when e-commerce is like the name of the game, Amazon was just a logical place to turn. So Amazon now has a new CEO. 2021 might have a new, eventually, hopefully, at least toward the end of the year, might be freed of the pandemic. People are waiting to see what consumers are going to be interested in once they feel free again? Does that mean no more Amazon packages or not as many? There's no way they'll it'll be no more Amazon packages, but are people going to want to go to dinner and buy from their local retailers? I don't know. We keep hearing stuff like this, but it, it remains to be seen what really sticks. Yeah, no, that, it's one of the big questions. Are they forming habits and are they including the habit of buying online from Amazon and Walmart. 
that they'll just get used to that convenience or when they feel comfortable going out again, will they <laughs> just go to store just because they finally can and feel safe? Yeah. All right. That's all the time we have today. Thanks for listening and be sure to like, rate, and subscribe wherever you get your podcasts.